Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. As you come to the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of one who called you out of darkness into God's wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Who is God? That's right. Who is God? How would you make the introduction? Most of the time, we're inclined to answer this question with a set of concepts about God. We say that God is the unmoved mover. We say that God is the ontological ground of being. God is creator, redeemer, and sustainer. We are accustomed to talking about God in conceptual language. This is not how God talks about God's self. When God appears, the ensuing dialogue is almost never conceptual. When the word of the Lord comes to Abraham in a vision, God doesn't mention the concept of omnipotence. When God speaks to Moses from a burning bush, God doesn't mention the concept of omniscience. When God addresses the people of Israel from atop Mount Sinai, there's no omni-anything. It happens in story after story. God appears over and over, and when God appears, it is not inside a cloud of conceptual language. God does not say, hello, it's me, the infinite struggle of being to embrace becoming. That's not how it happens. When God appears, God does not talk like a theologian. In most areas of our life, we intuitively grasp that the object of study is distinct from the scholarship that surrounds it. We don't expect to encounter actual stars in the Journal of Astrophysics and Astronomy. 
Astrophysicists talk about stars. If we want to encounter real stars, we have to go outside in the dark of night. We don't expect to encounter actual birds in the Bulletin of British Ornithologists. Ornithologists talk about birds. If we want to encounter real birds, then we have to go into the woods and marshes that birds inhabit. All that seems spectacularly obvious to us. And yet somehow I think we believe that talking about God is how we encounter God. We hope that reading words about God will draw us closer to God. If that's working for you, then all is well. But maybe it would help you to distinguish between the concept of God and an actual encounter with God. We have all these stories. When God appears, the ensuing dialogue is almost never conceptual. Just as a bird rarely sounds like an ornithologist, <laughs> God rarely sounds like a theologian. In fact, I think we can see some patterns around when God appears. When God appears, it's often with a promise. When God appears to Abraham, it is with the promise of good things to come. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary with a promise. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. As a grown man, Jesus identified himself with the promises of God. God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. If you're looking for the habitat of God, search for the promise that draws your entire heart. What is the promise that kindles something deep inside of you? There will be peace. There will be enough. Every tear will be wiped away. A day will come when we sit down together as brothers and sisters. Someday, the only crown will be love. What is the promise that orients you to your truest self? When you find the promise that is meant for you, expect something of God to be revealed. When God appears, God often points to the people who went before us. Over and over, this is how God introduces God's self. I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob. This isn't conceptual language, it's relational language. God appears in relationship with others.
Who are the people whose lives reflect a sense of God's presence? Maybe it's someone very close to you. Maybe it's your grandmother or a mentor that you knew when you were younger. Or maybe it's someone like Malala Yousafzai or Martin Luther King. Maybe it's a Quaker like Isaac Pennington or Alice Paul. If God appeared to you and said, I am the God of this person, whose name would you expect to hear? Spend time getting to know that person. Read about them. Spend time with them. When you can identify with someone in a relationship with God, expect something of God to be revealed. These are the most common paradigms for God's introduction, God's self-introduction. God appears with a promise. God appears in relationship with other people. And God appears when we remember the history of our community. Over and over, God's appearance comes with this introduction. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. For thousands of years, the people of Israel have been defined by this event in their collective past. This third paradigm makes me think about the history of our community. We've been around for over 25 years. Many of us have seen God at work in this community. Maybe we need to do a better job of naming that. Once we were not a people. Now we are the people of God. Before West Hills Friends was born, the people who met in this building were called Maplewood Friends. They were around for about half a century before us. They designed this building. They paid to have it built. Over the years, their attendance waned, and they were approaching financial insolvency. They knew that something needed to happen, and so they turned all of their assets over to Northwest Yearly Meeting and said, help us start something new. When I arrived, most of the people I met in this space were conservative in the old sense of the word. They were rural folk and shy. One family had a bumper sticker on their car that read, rabbit, the other white meat. (laughs) I tell you this because I want you to understand their courage They made room for someone like me. They made room for us. They accepted that their community needed to change and they accepted that change with incredible grace. If God appears to you in this space, it might be to say, I am the God who makes room for you. Although you might not know the names of Meredith Fieldhouse and Phil Hughes, they shaped God's presence in this community. They accepted people who were different from themselves. Maybe seeing yourself as part of that history will help you encounter God. As a community, we spent over 12 years wrestling with what it means to create a welcoming space for our gay and lesbian neighbors We spent over 12 years doing the hard work of listening to one another, learning to read the scripture in fresh ways and seeking God's guidance. 
We invested years in this work because we wanted to make sure everyone was heard in the process. We wanted everyone to know that they were respected and valued. We came to Unity about this over eight years ago, and for those last eight years, we have been in a difficult conversation with our yearly meeting. We've done the hard work of being peacemakers. We've done the hard work of looking for the best in people who disagree with us. So that's over 20 years. For over 20 years, for over two-thirds of our existence, this community has been shaped by the work of respectful listening. Over and over, we have felt God's presence in that work. If God appears to you in this space, it might be to say, I am the God who gives you humility to listen even when listening is hard. This is how God appears. It's not in conceptual language. God appears with a promise. God appears in relationship to other people and God appears when we remember the history of our community. What is the promise that reveals God's presence to you? What are the relationships that reveal God's presence to you? How does the history of this community reveal God's presence to you?